Is that really in the Bible? Well, we were all born into a ready-made world of religion. I, uh, I don't think any of us ever questioned it. We, we assume the traditions around us come uh, straight from the Bible. Most people are educated by the Bible, by what they've been told by others. My minister said so. It's the greatest authority they have. Uh, they wholeheartedly put their trust in another's opinion about the Bible. Well, in seminary school, a man or woman is taught a theology about the Bible. It's a uh, set of beliefs that the student assumes is right. We never ask the question, what if there is some error in the things I've been taught about God? And the real problem is, these errors are passed on to the congregation as absolute truth. Well, hello, I'm David Freeman with Is That Really in the Bible? I keep the seventh-day Sabbath, which is Saturday. It starts at Friday sunset and ends at Saturday sunset. It's a 24-hour period that I, we honor God on that day, on His Sabbath day. Now, in our business, I'm part owner of a business, and we, we shut our business down on a Sabbath. We don't allow our workers to work for us on a Sabbath. We don't allow them to make us money on that day. They have, you know, the whole weekend off, Saturday and Sunday, if they want to take that day off also. But that's, that's their choice. And I think our workers are very grateful for that, that they have the whole weekend off. I mean, just imagine if you work for a place that said, you don't have to work on the weekend. Wouldn't that be great? So I think they're very grateful for that. Now, back when the housing business was booming, and we do construction work in our business, often we have, you know, made contractors upset. Uh, I know uh, Ronnie, the president of the company, has told people, look, we're not going to be here tomorrow, which is Saturday. We're not going to be here working tomorrow. And because maybe they're on a schedule, the contractor is on a schedule, on a deadline, they would get upset and they'd say, well, what is this? You know, what kind of crazy religion that do you have? And I remember one contractor said, I think he said this to me, he said, you know, Saturday is your Sabbath, but Sunday is my Sabbath. Well, he was only partly right. I mean, yes, yeah, Sunday was his Sabbath, but the Sabbath, the Sabbath day, the fourth commandment, the Sabbath belongs to God. It's His, so it's not my Sabbath. I'm just keeping God's Sabbath. But the Sabbath belongs to God. Notice Genesis 2 and verse 2. And on the seventh day, God ended His work which He had made, and He rested on the seventh day from all His work which He had made. And God blessed, notice this, the seventh day, and sanctified it, that means made holy, because that in it he had rested from all his work, which God created and made. Now, God rested on this day. Now, why did God rest? Was God tired? Was he worn out? Well, of course not. The reason is to set us an example. It's just like, why did Jesus have to be baptized? I mean, he was perfect. He was sinless. It's, it's what you call leading by example. Isn't that precious that God would lead by example? Christ led by example by being baptized, even though he didn't have to. God, the Father, God leads by example. 
by resting on the Sabbath day, even though he doesn't, he's not worn out, he's not tired, God doesn't get tired, he's a spirit being. Spirit beings don't wear out physically like we do. But he, it's called leading by example. This is what you should be doing. Now, the Sabbath is the only day with a name. The seventh day is called the Sabbath. Now, all of the names that you hear, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, they're all pagan names. But in the Bible, the days were not named, they were numbered. But this seventh day is given a name. It's the only day that, that is given a name. The seventh day is called the Sabbath day. And God blessed the seventh day, and he named it, and he called it the Sabbath now, what's interesting about this, now how did God bless the seventh day? Well, there's a number of ways. Uh, uh, you know, on day six, God created male and female, and he told them to be fruitful and multiply. Now think about that. God creates man on the sixth day and says, I want you to be fruitful and multiply. We all know what that means. You know what that means, don't you? And then he gives them a day off. He gives them the Sabbath day. Stay in, sleep in, rest, relax, enjoy each other. And this is cool when you think about it. We ask, well, how is the Sabbath a blessing? Well, this, this is one way. Another way is it's a day off. The seventh day Sabbath is a day off. Take a break. You know, the children of Israel were slaves in Egypt for hundreds of years. And when God reinstituted his Sabbath day, he told them, you know, I want you to take a day off, the Sabbath day. And they didn't argue with them because they had been slaves in Egypt working seven days a week. They didn't say, oh no, we want to work seven days a week. They were grateful for such an incredible blessing to have a day off. We're talking about how is the Sabbath day a blessing. Another thing, God sanctified and made holy the Sabbath day. Now. Someone said that the Sabbath identifies the God that you serve. Um, that's one of the ways the Sabbath is holy, because it identifies the God that you serve. Let's take a look at Exodus 31 and verse 13. It says, Speaking to the, also unto the children of Israel, saying, Verily my Sabbaths, notice that, plural, Sabbaths, meaning not just the weekly Sabbath, but the holy days, the annual holy days, you shall keep. For it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I am the Lord that does sanctify you or set you apart. Now, I know people will say, well, look, yeah, he's speaking to the children of Israel. Well, he had to be speaking to somebody, did he not? I mean, he wasn't just speaking into the air, although he might as well be when it comes to the Sabbath day. But he had to be speaking to somebody. In this case, he was speaking to the children of Israel. That doesn't mean it's not for you, by the way. Let me wake you up on this subject. The Sabbath identifies the God that you serve. Uh, it identifies that we serve the God. I serve the God of creation because God created everything in six days and he rested on the seventh day. Now, again, the Sabbath identifies the God that you serve. It, it identifies that you serve the creator of God. Now, if you're for gay marriages, you know, you don't serve the same God that I serve. Because God created them, we go back, the Sabbath identifies the God that you serve. God created them male 
from the beginning and female. So you're, you're worshiping something else there, a different God, if you're for gay marriages. Because my God created them male and female. If you think the Sabbath is not important, that you can just work seven days a week, you're not worshiping the God of creation. Because God, the God, the Creator God rested on the seventh day. He set that example for us. So the Sabbath identifies the God that you serve. Now some people will say, well, wait a minute, David, you can't tell me all these churches are wrong that go to church on Sunday. Well, I mean, listen, I didn't, I didn't say there's anything wrong with worshiping God on Sunday. You know, worshiping God on any day of the week is not wrong. Uh, to me, having a worship service, regardless of the day, be it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you know, it's, it's not wrong in God's eyes. A corporate worship service where you go to church for 45 minutes, it's minutes and you listen, you have some music and you have some worship music and you have a sermon. There's nothing wrong with that on any day of the week. But what I'm saying is not keeping the Sabbath is wrong. The Sabbath goes way beyond just mere worship. Not keeping the Sabbath is what the Bible calls sin. Sin is the breaking of God's law. And one of the laws is the fourth commandment that says, keep my Sabbath. Exodus 20 and verse 8. Exodus 20 and verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shall you labor and do all your work, but the seventh day, is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it you shall not do any work. Now we're talking about the fourth commandment here. Now most Christians I have met have nothing wrong with nine of the Ten Commandments. They have nothing wrong and they don't disagree with, well, no, you, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery. You know, they have nothing wrong with those commandments. Did you know at one time there was a Bible called the Wicked Bible? It was a misprint before the uh, printing press when they had to stamp print, you know, the Bibles as, as they made them. It was a few Bibles where they put, thou shall commit adultery. It was called the Wicked Bible, and eventually they, they destroyed all of them, but a few got away. Uh, a few of those Bibles still exist today called the Wicked Bible that says, thou shall commit adultery. Imagine the money one of those things would be worth today, millions of dollars. But anyway, it was referred to as the Wicked Bible. But, but most Christians agree, well, no, no, you shouldn't commit adultery because it, it, it messes up the family system. So most Christians agree with nine of the Ten Commandments. They just don't like that one, the fourth commandment that says, keep my Sabbath day. That's what they've got a problem with. So the Sabbath goes way beyond just mere worship. Worship is a great thing, but what the Sabbath is really about is connectivity with a holy God. I want you to connect with me. Now think about all the ways that are out there for people to connect with God, um, <clears throat> that try to encourage you to get closer to God. You've got all the DVDs, all the books, all the Bible studies that, that, that claim we can help you get closer to God. But the point I'm making is the Sabbath is about, it's God's way to connect with Him. It really is. In order to connect with Him, you've got to disconnect. That's why it says six days shall you labor. But the seventh, I don't want you to do any work on that. God wants your undivided attention. 
I don't want you to be distracted by all the things that's going on in your life. Just like an overloaded receptacle. You ever seen people that plug in about 20 things into a receptacle, one receptacle? They got cords running out every which way. Well, what God says is, you know, I want you to just unplug yourself from this busy, crazed, insane world. I want you to, to disconnect and I want you to connect with me. That's what the Sabbath is all about. The Sabbath is about connectivity with God. The thing you value the most, and that is your time, God has something to say about it. Yeah, it's called the fourth commandment. I want you to stop and keep my Sabbath day. There was a song called Cats in the Cradle by Harry Chaplin many years ago. He says, my child just arrived the other day. He came into the world the usual way, but there was planes to catch and bills to pay. He learned to walk while I was away, and he was talking before I knew it. My son turned 10 just the other day. He said, thanks for the ball, Dad. Come out and play. Can you come out and play? Let's play. Can you teach me to throw? I said, not today. I've got a lot to do, he said. He said, that's okay, that's okay. I've long since retired and my son's moved away. I called him just the other day and I said, I'd like to see you if you don't mind. He said, I'd love to, Dad, if I could just find the time. You see, my new job's a hassle and the kids got the flu. But it's sure been nice talking to you, Dad. It's sure been nice talking to you. And as I hung up the phone, it occurred to me he had grown up just like me. My boy was just like me. Now listen closely. You can put this in your pipe and smoke it. Children spell love T-I-M-E. And so does God. And so does God. The song reveals exactly what is happening in our relationship with God today. If you think a 45-minute worship service is all you need to please God, you are kidding yourself. You're living in a fantasy. You know, many of you, all you have is a dysfunctional relationship with God. Just like the song, Cats in the Cradle by Harry Chaplin. God, listen, God wants your time. He wants you to keep His Sabbath day. Ezekiel 20 and verse 19 says this, Ezekiel 20 and verse 19. I am the Lord your God. Walk in my statues and keep my judgments and do them and hallow my Sabbaths and they shall be a sign between me and you that you may know that I am the Lord your God. It's a father-son relationship. Not where you come up with a million excuses as to why you don't have time for God. That's not what I'm talking about. It's a father-son relationship where you take time to be holy. You take time to keep God's Sabbath day. You know, the 12 tribes of Israel, all of them, with the exception of one, lost their identity. You ever thought about what happened to the... Twelve tribes of Israel, I mean, where are they today? They were dispersed throughout the whole world. All of them lost their identity except one, the tribe of Judah, the Jews. And the reason they never lost their identity is because they never broke with the Sabbath day, the original Sabbath day at God's creation. They never broke with that. All the others, the other 11 tribes broke 
off keeping the Sabbath day and they all lost their identity. The only one that kept their identity is the tribe of Judah, the Jews. Now they may ask you a question, have you lost your identity? Have you lost your identity when it comes to a relationship with God? The Sabbath identifies the God that you serve. And like I said earlier, a lot of Christians don't have a problem with nine of the Ten Commandments. But they do have a problem with this one commandment called the Sabbath day. I suppose because it requires something of them. Uh, what they develop, though, is what I call bad theology. They come up with a bad theology about, well, Jesus abolished the law. He fulfilled the law. We're not under the law. That was for the Jews. That was for Israel only. And... Um, you know, it's, a, it's an attitude that, that people need to repent of, by the way. They really do. And I sometimes wonder, why can't people just be honest with themselves and with God? Why can't people, you know, what you, if you don't want to keep the Sabbath, what you need to do is just, just don't keep it, okay? Just tell God, I'm not interested in doing that. If you don't want to keep it, don't keep it. That's my advice. But you need to be honest. Why can't people just be honest instead of developing all this bad theology that really messes with people's minds. The law has been you know, abolished, all this nonsense. Now, my approach toward the law is, of God is quite different. It really is. What I understand is this. God never gave a bad law. I mean, if you worship a God that went around giving bad laws, what kind of God do you worship? So the first thing I have in my mind is that, well, God never gave a bad law. I don't worship a God that goes around giving bad laws. And in people's minds, because of this erroneous teaching that's been, gone on, that's been going on for so long about the law has been abolished, has been fulfilled, has been done away with, in people's minds, they have this concept. The concept is this. The Old Testament, you have this harsh father God that went around giving all of these ridiculous commandments that no one could keep, you know. And then you have Jesus in the New Testament, and he's sort of like a rebellious son that comes along and dismisses all of his father's commandments. Now, no Christian has the audacity to say what I just said, but that is what's going on in a lot of Christians' pea brain mind. That, that's the concept that they have. Now, the, the view that I take toward the law of God is this. If God tells me to do something, this is the view that I take. What's in it for me? He obviously gave it for my benefit. He said, Jesus said the Sabbath was made for man. You know, so he obviously gave it for my benefit. Why should I keep this law? Why should I keep the Sabbath? What is the meaning behind the law? What's in it for me? Well, let's take a look at this. What's in it for you? Isaiah 58 and verse 13, it says, If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, notice how he identifies the Sabbath as my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, that's your attitude right there, it's a delight, the holy of the Lord, honorable, and you shall honor him, this is how we honor God, by keeping his Sabbath, not doing your own ways, nor finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your own words. In other words, take time for me is what God is saying. Then, verse 14, shall you delight yourself in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride upon the high places of the earth, and I will feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. God says this is a promise that has come out of my mouth. So when I say what's in it for me, 
There are blessings connected to keeping the Sabbath. That's what I understand. That's what I understand about all of God's law. There are blessings connected to keeping His law. So let's take a look at what we've gone through here. Some points about the Sabbath day. Number one, the Sabbath belongs to God. Now man may have his Sabbath day, the first work day of the week, but I'm, ta I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about God owns the Sabbath day. That's his day. Number two, God blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Now there's two things I want to point out here with that, that, one, that, that point. Because the Sabbath was blessed by God, there are blessings connected to keeping the Sabbath. That's what you got to understand. Because the Sabbath was blessed by God, there are blessings connected to keeping His Sabbath. Two, He made it holy. And only God can make time holy. You understand what I'm saying? The Pope cannot make time holy. Now I want to offer you something here called Sunday worship. How Sunday worship really came about. You need this information. What you, what you got to understand is that it's a Catholic doctrine. The Catholic Church, I have on my Facebook, my personal Facebook page, a video of a priest just telling it like it is about the authority for Sunday keeping. And he just freely admits there's, there's no authority from the Bible for Sunday keeping. None. They change the day and they take full responsibility for changing the day. They're not ashamed of it because they've got the whole world following in their footsteps. The you know, Sunday basically identifies that you worship the Pope. It's what that basically proves. The Sabbath identifies the God that you serve, the Creator God. Sunday identifies that you worship, you're following in the footsteps of the Pope. Sunday worship, how Sunday worship really came about, that's a challenge to you. I don't think you have the courage to order this. It's free. But you don't have what it takes to order it, do you? You'd rather be ignorant, wouldn't you? Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Okay. Third point is that it's a day of rest and relaxation. How important that is, is that to this crazed, busy, workaholic world in which we live in? It's a day to rest and relax. Very important. Fourth, there's nothing that brings families closer together than keeping the Sabbath. Why? Because of this magical word, T-I-M-E. Time together. Five, it's the only day with a name, the Sabbath day. Six, the Sabbath identifies the God that you serve. Seven, the Sabbath is the fourth commandment. Eight, the Sabbath is about connectivity with God. Nine, the Sabbath keeps you from losing your identity. You know, I typed, when I, in making this message, I typed in Sabbath day and I didn't, I, I didn't, I had small caps and it came up underlined. Sabbath's supposed to be, you know, capitalized. Why? Because its roots go all the way back to creation. You capitalize that day, the Sabbath day of God. And 10, it's the test commandment. Notice Deuteronomy 8 and verse 2. And you shall remember all the ways which the Lord your God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove you, notice that, to test you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. Let me explain this to you. For 40 years, the children of Israel rained down something called manna from heaven, which was like bread from heaven. 
They would gather it every day so they would have a supply of bread. But if they kept it over, over one day, it would rot. Well, there was one exception, though. On Friday evening, they were told to gather twice as much so they wouldn't have to be out there in the field gathering it on the Sabbath day. And an absolute miracle occurred for 40 years. They could keep it on Friday evening through the Sabbath, keep it a couple days, and it would not rot. It was a divine miracle that occurred for 40 long years to prove, to test, whether they would walk in His way or not. The Sabbath is the test commandment. Eleven, the Sabbath is not a bad law. I don't care what your preacher is telling you. It's not a bad law. God doesn't make mistakes. He didn't make a mistake when he said, six days shall you labor, but the Sabbath is the seventh day of the week, and I want you to take that day off and connect with me. God doesn't make mistakes. Do you worship a God that makes mistakes? Do you worship a God that's always changing his mind? That's always doing something a little bit different. Now we're going to change that. We're going to change that. We're going to change. God says, I change not. Do you worship a God that's always changing? No. No, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. The Sabbath is not a bad law. God didn't make a mistake. Now, I want to conclude with Hebrews 4 and verse 9. It says, There remains, therefore, a rest to the people of God. That word rest is sabbatismos. It's, it's, it's a rest that is going to come in the millennium for God's people. It says there remains, a, therefore, a, a sabbatismoth, a rest to the people of God. You see, in our world of Sunday keeping, the Sabbath is the busiest day out there. It's the busiest shopping day. It's the busiest sports day. It's the busiest everything day. Our, we live in a Sabbath-breaking society. Okay, and God says, but there's coming a rest for the people of God. Next verse, verse 10. For he that has entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works as God did from his. In other words, you're following, God's people are following his example. God's people rest just like God rested from his work on the Sabbath day. Next verse. Let us labor, therefore to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. What's this talking about? Well, it's talking about the millennial rest, the Sabbath rest that is coming when Christ returns that will last a thousand years when Christ sets up His kingdom on this earth. Just like God said, six days shall you labor, but the seventh is the Sabbath, God has allotted mankind 6,000 years to do His own thing. But the Sabbath that is coming, that Sabbath millennial rest will consist of 1,000 years, the 1,000-year reign of Christ on this earth. Not everybody's going to enter into this rest. This is for the first fruits, the elect, the chosen. This is a reference to the first resurrection. And there's a qualifier for entering that rest. Let's notice, notice it again. This is what qualifies you to enter that rest. For he that enters into his rest, he also has ceased from his work as God did from his. I'm David Freeman, and that's what's really in your Bible. Does it matter which day you worship God on? The fourth commandment says, Six days shall you labor, but the seventh day of the week is God's Sabbath day. 
For nearly 2,000 years, people have disagreed about which day, Saturday or Sunday, is the Christian day of weekly worship. Is this an important issue or does it really matter when the Christian performs his worship activities? The crux of the matter is simply this. Who are you obeying when you present yourself before God to worship Him? Get the facts by ordering Sunday Worship, How Sunday Worship Really Came About. Order by writing to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia. 24151. Also, visit us on the web at isthatreallyinthebible.org.